And welcome back to the N1. We have our weekly prediction episode back with with the NFL starting yesterday, last night. Of course, there's night football between the Bucks and the Cowboys, and it did not disappoint whatsoever. A lot of controversy there, but we are not going to talk about that game today. Instead, we will look and preview Sundays and Monday nights uh, games right now. Jack Ohm with us are here today. And let's start off with a very interesting game for a couple reasons, and that is the Seattle Seahawks versus the Indianapolis Colts. Jack, I want to hear your take. Who do you have winning this one? Yeah, this is definitely going to be one of the more interesting games of the weekend. Um, And we're going to see our first uh, take of Carson Wentz, the new quarterback for the Colts, and how he's going to gel with this new, very, very good offensive line and lots of talented young weapons, including the running back, Jonathan Taylor, Um, Also, Michael Pittman is a very um, formidable um, force on the outside as a wide receiver, and I think he's going to really come into his own this year. But that said, I do think it's going to take a couple weeks for Carson Wentz to really gel with this new system um, on his new team, which is why I don't have the Colts winning this game. I've got this one going to the Seahawks. Also, another factor that kind of helps out the Seahawks case for this one is that teams who played um, well, I guess, at the end of the previous year usually play well at the beginning of the next year. It's a very weird cycle. The Seahawks' record at the end of last year wasn't great, but their defense's play was excellent at the end of last year, and I think that's going to come into play considerably when stopping that potent Russian attack of uh, Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines of the Colts. So I'm going to go with Seahawks here, especially as long as Russell Wilson is able to just do what he does best and put points on the board. Uh, I'm going to step in here. Jack, I'm going to agree with you here. I think the Seahawks get the victory over the Colts. And I think that's weird because I'm actually a really huge um, fan or just supporter of this Colts team. I really like what they have brewing. Uh, is that Carson Wentz necessarily? No, it's more Jonathan Taylor, uh, Michael Pittman. What I like what Michael Pittman brings. I like his potential. Jonathan Taylor, we've already seen the flashes, and I think he's going to just hop onto the scene and become like a f- actual four to five top eight, top seven running back this season. So I have really high expectations for him. Uh, this is a very good offensive line as well that we have in Indy. And I think this offense is going to be able to put up points for the Colts this week. However, Russ is going to cook. We In recent years, it's like the first five weeks, oh, Russ is going to win that MVP award. Then in the back half of the year, it usually kind of trails off, a couple turnovers here and there for Russ, and that MVP conversation goes away. So following that pattern, I assume Russ is going to have a massive game. Of course, he has the weapons with DK, Tyler Lockett, and even Chris Carson in the backfield playing running back. It's a very good offense. Offensive line, is iffy. They did re-sign Dwayne Brown, which is obviously what you want to see with the Seahawks team. But like Jack, I have the Seahawks winning this one in a close uh, fought game. You too. I have the the Colts losing and the Seahawks coming out on top. Uh, While the Colts' defense uh, does look fairly good, and obviously their offensive line and the run game is fantastic, the pass game does 
bring a little bit of hesitation for me. Carson Wentz obviously is it's kind of it's very surprising that he was actually able to play um in this week one game. I mean he was set to miss five to twelve weeks and he's coming back week one. It's a bit suspicious for me, uh, especially considering Carson Wentz's recent play. Uh, I don't expect him to play well. Also, there isn't really a clear-cut number one receiver in Indianapolis. Obviously, we have the likes of T.Y. Hilton, uh, Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell, but none of them really, in my opinion, at this stage of the season, can step up into that number one receiving role. And the Seahawks, I mean, if you look at the trends, at the beginning of the year, they always, always cook. I expect Russell Wilson to gel with the offense well. And the defense of the Seahawks has improved a lot since last year. And I expect him to come out with the win. Well, T.Y. Hilton, before we go into the next game, T.Y. Hilton is not going to be that number one receiver as he is actually going to start the year on the injury reserve. He underwent uh, next surgery uh, about a week ago. So he is not going to be that number one, which provides less wide receiver depth for Carson Wentz, which is not something you want for a guy who struggled um, very poorly last year. But moving into the next game, this one a little less under the radar. However, I think this one still can provide some different opinions, and that is the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Jack, um, are you going with Jalen Hurts or Matt Ryan? Yeah, Ian, I think I'm actually going to go with Matt Ryan here and the Falcons. Um, This is, to me, actually a very intriguing matchup just because I really like the potential of both of these offenses. The defenses have a lot of work to do, if we're being honest, but um, the Eagles offense is definitely less talented, but intriguing just because we're going to get our first full season of Jalen Hurts under center and really going to be able to see what he can bring to the table with his very unique playing style. Um, So if he has a good game um, this weekend, I really expect him to jump onto people's radars a little bit more. Do I think he's going to have a great game? No, I think he's going to perform relatively similar to what he did last year. Um, But I'm also going to be very curious to see with the Eagles, how they play with their new wide receiver core, Devontae Smith, obviously headlining them. Um, So Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, that chemistry may take a little bit time to develop, which is why, or one of the reasons I don't have them winning. Also, the Falcons, despite the absence of Julio Jones, they still have an electric offense, in my opinion. I think that Calvin Ridley is definitely ready to take that next step into the wide receiver one role. And I'm also a big fan of Kyle Pitts. And very excited to see what he'll be able to do in this one against a pretty poor Eagle secondary. Um, Jack, I'm I'm gonna agree with you with the prediction here. I also have Atlanta winning this game. Um, and I think you're exactly right. This is definitely gonna be more of an offense versus offense game. You look at these defenses, not really good whatsoever. I do like Anthony Harris. Um, who is actually the, uh, a new safety for the Philadelphia Eagles. I think he's actually one of the most underrated safeties in the game uh, coming from Minnesota. But I still do believe that this game is going to go in Atlanta's favor. And it is because of Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. I think though this dynamic duel that uh, has the potential to be huge in Atlanta over the next couple of years is something to look out for. Calvin Ridley actually led the year, led the NFL last year in air yards last season with 2,042. And he faces this Eagles defense 
which they did have some offseason acquisitions in Ryan Kerrigan and Anthony Harris, like I previously mentioned. But this Eagles defense didn't turn over the opposition on deep passes last season, only uh, ranking fourth lowest with a 2% deep in, per, deep pass interception rate. Excuse me with the words mind-boggling, right? But I still do believe that this is going to go in the Falcons' favor. Uh, I really like what Jalen Hurts has to bring to the table, but new uh, new offensive weapons, not a lot of uh, proven offensive weapons as well. So I'm going to choose Atlanta and with the veteran Matty Ice. I'm actually going to have Philadelphia. I really like the dog mentality of the Eagles here. Now, obviously, it, it, the, two, the both teams are subpar in comparison to the rest of the league. Um, the Falcons, they did lose Julio Jones. Their defense is atrocious. And Matt Ryan is aging, and it is clearly evident in his play. Um, however, they do have Calvin Ridley, who is set up for a, a massive year, as now he has full control over that number one uh, receiver role. Into also Kyle Pitts, an absolutely outstanding addition. He will play like more of a receiver than a tight end, and it does give Matt Ryan more options. So I think they will be able to maintain the passing game that we saw from last year. However, I don't think their uh, run game will prove to be effective at all because they just really have a a lot of uncertainty at that position. Um, and I just think the Eagles have a chance here. The, obviously, I love J- Jalen Hurts. I love his play. I think he has shown that he's been able to improve with the limited amount of time we've been able to watch him play. Furthermore, I love that Devontae Smith-Jalen Rieger um, duo. Two absolutely um, speedy receivers in the backfield. And Jalen Hurts does love his vertical threats uh, that we've seen that um, since his uh, tenor in college as well. And I think that Devontae Smith will actually provide an immediate impact. Uh, he's raved about his connection with Devontae Smith. He even said Devontae Smith and him skipped parties in college um, just to practice at night. Um, Jalen Rieger has had an absolutely outstanding outstanding training camp and i think it will all turn out well for the eagles and in my opinion their defense does fare better than the falcons as ian mentioned the eagles deep um interception rate is two percent fourth lowest they really didn't turn over um the opposition on deep passes which i i think that is going to turn out very very well as the falcons really do love to um uh, utilize their uh, deep vertical um, threats in Calvin Ridley and a former Falcons receiver Julio Jones. So I do think that the defense, while definitely uh, not a top defense in the league, I think they will prove to uh, have some troubles for Atlanta. And I think we'll be able to come up with the upset here. Well, before we go to the next take, Ohm, Jalen Rieger, overhyped, man. He's not doing it this year. I know he's on your fantasy team, but don't trust it. But uh, moving on to our next game, we're going to Jack's second favorite team, and that is the L.A. Chargers, who are facing off versus a very tough Washington defense. Jack, are you staying with your boy Herbert, or is the Washington defense just too good? Very interesting. I didn't know that the Chargers were my second favorite team, but I guess I'll take it. They need as many fans as they can get, so... 
Um, speaking of fans, this is going to be Justin Herbert's first time in a substantial game or in a game with substantial fans and Washington fans can be pretty loud. So that's definitely going to be a sizable change from what we saw from him last year. That said, I think the improvements on offense personnel wise, also the improvements coaching wise with bringing in uh, Brandon Staley in exchange for uh, firing Anthony Lynn at the end of last season and the raw talent or I guess developed talent really of Justin Herbert. That's all going to be enough to outlast the Washington football team and bring home the win for the Chargers here. It's going to be a close game and I would definitely recommend watching this one as well if you can. Um, I mean, this, you know, Vegas odds, you can, they just tell you how close it is. It's basically just a pick them um, because the odds are exactly the same for either team. So that said, I do think Washington has a very good squad this year and I expect them to win the NFC East, but um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, it's his first game under center as the Washington football team quarterback. And I expect it to take maybe a little bit of time to really gel with the system, with the offensive line and with the wide receiver core. Um, but yeah, I really expect this one to be a close one. Um, so yeah. Um, Jack, we're going three for three now. I'm also going with your chargers. I'm going with the chargers, but uh, it's for a different reason. Like the offensive personnel that you have in, uh, and the new co- coaching hires, excellent from the Chargers. Excellent. They've done like almost all the right moves in the offseason. But the revamped offensive line for me is going to be the key here. Last year, Justin Herbert, he was sacked 40, 32 times last season, which was tied for ninth most in the NFL. And Washington, their defensive front was absolutely fantastic and recorded. 47 sacks, which was sixth best actually last year, thanks to Chase Young, Montez Sweat, getting added off the edges for Washington. However, like I said, that revamped offensive line, including rookie tackle Rashawn Slater, including free agent um, addition Corey Lindsley at the center position, those guys are going to be huge uh, Sunday when the Chargers go um, out and face the Washington football team. I like Herbert. I think he's going to have a good game. I think he's going to have a great sophomore season. And I think the Chargers win this game. The Chargers winning this one as well. I do expect teams to be a little rusty, as obviously you have um, Ryan Fitzpatrick on a new team, and you have Justin Herbert in uh, with the new coach. And obviously he wasn't able to play in the preseason. Um, the team elected for him not to play, which honestly I know he is a absolutely outstanding player but I expected him to get a few reps as he is still young and he hasn't spent too much time with coach Staley yet um but he's still an absolutely outstanding quarterback I expect him to be able to thrive um in the offense I expect him to thrive in the pocket now that Los Angeles revamped their O-line as Ian mentioned they have absolutely uh seen and address the problem of the O-line from last year. They added arguably the best center in the game, Corey Lindsley. They added an outstanding uh, rookie tackle out of Northwestern, Rashawn Slater. And I think it will be sufficient in this while Washington will still bring pressure as their defense is outstanding. I expect the Chargers to be able to put up points just because of the tenacity of their passing offense. Um, I think that Washington is severely overrated while they do look good on paper 
people forget about Ryan Fitzpatrick. Obviously, everyone knows about Fitzmagic, but people seem to lose sight of how he plays and the they lose sight of the reason as to why he's been on so many teams over his NFL career. It's because he is incredibly inconsistent and he throws a lot, a lot of turnovers. And I expect that to continue really throughout the season. I don't see it changing just because he's on a new team. And I think the Chargers are able to pull away with the win here. And talking about potential and talking about turnovers with Ryan Fitzpatrick, watch out for the the the, the rookie Charger cornerback, Asante Samuel. Apparently he's been listed as the number two corner on that team's depth chart and has had an outstanding camp. Um, and I think he's actually going to be having a really good year. Look out for him, Asante Samuel Jr. But moving on to our next game, Jack, we're going to your actual favorite team, and that is the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they're facing the Buffalo Bills. This is going to be a good one. I have this as one of my top five most anticipating games for week one. Jack, are you repping with the Steelers? I actually don't think this is going to be that good of a game to watch. I expect this one, quite frankly, to be pretty much a route. I can't see the Steelers' offense um, really being able to get past the um, defense of the Bills. I mean, the Bills' defense was pretty mediocre last year. I mean, it was good. It was solid. But it wasn't really what you wanted from a Super Bowl contender. Um, I still think that their defense has work to do, but I do like the additions that they've made on this defense. Um, but I think the major problem here is the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. Uh, Big Ben last year at the end of the year just didn't quite have it. The receivers, they're talented and all, but there's quite a bit of drama there. Um, the running back situation is a lot better, but the offensive line is the most detrimental aspect of this team. As you know, we've all been carping about this whole off season. Um, we're, I believe the Steelers are starting two or three rookies in this game um, for offensive line. And I just don't think that's going to cut it. I expect big Ben to either have to get it out really, really fast, like he had been doing at the end of last season, or just getting sacked and sacked and sacked. Because we know he's not a mobile quarterback, so he's not going to be able to run away from the Bills' defenders. Also, the Buffalo Bills, we've seen last year, they have a very dynamic offense, and I'm really excited to see that matchup between the Bills' dynamic offense and a healthy and rested Steelers' defense. I think a lot of people kind of underrate the Steelers' defense now um, because uh, they forget that Devin Bush was actually injured for 10 games last season. He's back now, and he's healthy, and he's an excellent player. So I'm really excited to see what he can bring to the table. T.J. Watt, after signing his record-setting deal, He's going to be back and better than ever, I think. Um, so that's going to be a fun matchup, but I do think the Bills are going to get the best of the Steelers in this one and probably win by 10 points. Um, Thank you, Jack, for your thoughts about your favorite team. Uh, I think it's really interesting. You are correct about the rookie starting. It is going to be um definitely a pressure palace in that game i think you're just gonna see constant pressure from the bills i think we're gonna see matt milano tremaine edmonds the linebackers the edge rushers oh maybe even rookie gregory rosu the guy out of miami uh who's now on the bills i think we're gonna just see a lot of pressure on that on big ben and that steelers offense and i think that's gonna really hurt them 
in their 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 ways of trying to progress up the field. I just don't think the Steelers are gonna get a lot done offensively, and so expect a massive Bills win. I agree with you, Jack. I put it as an anticipate uh, an anticipatory matchup because you have two uh, pretty acknowledgeable teams, two solid or usually solid NFL teams. And so for me, Najee Harris, the hype's real, but I don't think we're going to see this game. And I think Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and the Buffalo Bills get the better of this one. Jack, I'll up you. Make it 15. Uh, sorry, Jack. I'm going to have to agree with you, Andy, in here. I have the Bills winning by a as well. When you look at the Steelers, they are nowhere near as good as they uh, have been over the past decade or so. Um, I expect them to lean a lot on Najee Harris, their rookie running back. But honestly, that may not be enough. And it it, it definitely won't be enough. Uh, I think their passing offense will continue to decline. I think Big Ben will still uh, be able to get passes off. He is known for getting passes off very fast. However, you won't be able to see him utilize his deep threat receivers such as Chase Claypool. And I think that will severely limit the Steelers' um, offense. And yeah, we will see him under a absolutely horrendous O-line. Um, last year, the Steelers' O-line didn't do bad at all. But we've seen they their O-line has completely sort of faltered since then they placed right tackle Zach Banner on the injured reserve and they have a bunch of rookies on their O-line I think the Bills including a player I love to watch in college Greg Rousseau I think they will be able to thrive against this subpar Steelers um, O-line and I absolutely love the Bills offense this year I think Josh Allen um, is set for an MVP type year. Stefan Diggs is set for another big year. And I love the relationship that Gabe Davis and Josh Allen have, and I think it will continue to flourish this season. Absolutely. And so we're moving from that game into another pretty easy pick, in my opinion. This is my lock of the week, and that is San Francisco versus Detroit. Jack, give it to us straight. Why is San Francisco winning? Yeah, I think this is probably the biggest coaching mismatch that we've seen in quite a while. I mean, we have the man, the myth, the legend, Dan Campbell against (laughs) actually the man, the myth, the legend, Kyle Shanahan, because he is really, really good at coaching football. Um, I mean, no matter who they start in this game, I think it would be just a lock win, right, for the 49ers. They they've got a lot. They've gotten so much better since last year. I think personnel wise, just all of that really from injury issues. Um, So their defense is back, hopefully to what it was in 2019. And I think that will be the case. Um, Their offense. I think their running game is going to be very, very, very good um, this year. And definitely the driver of that offense. The lions on the other hand have, Jared Goff and a couple of pylons for a defense and offensive line, except for Penny Sewell. But he, even him did not, even he did not have that great of a camp. So it's going to be kind of a sad game to watch if you're a Lions fan, I think. So this one, I think, could be decided by two, at least two touchdowns, maybe even three. For me, with this one, like I said, lock of the week, 49ers are easily getting this win, no matter who's playing quarterback. 
Jimmy Garoppolo, he's set to be the starter. He'll play. I'm assuming they're going to be a big at half, and I think we're then going to see Mr. Trey Lance in the second half. I'm very excited for that. Uh, we saw a little bit in the preseason. Uh, nothing too, too amazing, uh, with the exception of that uh, really deep throw that he had early on in the preseason. But like I said, San Francisco, they're winning big here. And like I said, really, really excited for Trey Lance. Yeah, so I think this game is a lock. And I think X Factor, which is why their team will win, is Ifetu Melinfanu. I think the rookie out of Syracuse is an absolutely outstanding player. And I think he'll be able to shut down all the 49ers receivers. Uh, yeah, the, the Lions have no chance here. I think they're going to be competing with the Houston Texans for the number one pick throughout the entire entirety of the season. They really don't have much going for them. Um, they have a bunch of rookies in their secondary. Um, their pass rush is virtually non-existent. Um, they have Jared Goff in as quarterback, and they have no receivers. Only players that you can really cite as good are Frank Ragnow and Panay Sewell, and they won't be in. Jared Goff has no one to throw to. We will see the run game be active. However, I, I think DeAndre Swift, um, while he is uh, slightly banged up, he still will have a great game. They have Jamal Williams as well, another um, uh, power back. And I think the Lions will be able to find some success in the run game, but it is nowhere near enough to compete with the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan has all of his injured players back or pretty much all of them back since they went to the Super Bowl. And I think they will really, really be able to just out-coach uh, Mr um kneecap biter over here in Dan Campbell I think the run game uh, with Raheem Monster will be able to flourish against this atrocious Lions defense as well and I really don't think this game will be close whatsoever well uh, before we move into the next game I think there is a reliable pass catcher on this team it's not a wide receiver it's actually the tight end I think TJ Hawkinson is heavily underrated I think he's actually a top five tight end in this league, maybe tight end number four behind Waller, Kelsey, and Kittle, actually, even ahead of Mark Andrews. But that's a conversation for another day. Moving on to our next game here after uh, a San Francisco sweep. Again, I think this one could have multiple uh, multiple picks, multiple teams winning. And that is the Minnesota Vikings versus the Cincinnati Bengals. And so, Jack, um, does your boy Burrow get it done, or do we see a Vikings win? I don't think he gets it done. I think that the Vikings have actually really, really improved their defense from last year. Cool. And I think that's, I mean, I think part of it is, is people coming back from injuries. I mean, they didn't have Daniil Hunter last year and he was kind of the stalwart player on that defense. So I'm really excited to see what he can do now that he's back. But also the Bengals don't have an offensive line. I, I like we've, we've talked about this quite a bit, but I mean, it's kind of a race between the Bengals O-line and the Steelers O-line for who has the worst offensive line in the league. Um, yeah, so that's going to be really, I think, what costs the Bengals the game. I think this can be pretty close, um, potentially, if Joe Burrow is able to work some magic and maybe if Jamar Chase can catch the ball, but um, we'll see. The Minnesota Vikings offense, on the other hand, I like it. I think it's solid. Dalvin Cook is an excellent player, and it'll be really cool to see him once again back in action because he did miss significant time last year with some injuries. Um, also, 
you know, the receivers are pretty obvious with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Very, very capable guys. Kirk Cousins, I think you can rely on him to beat the bad teams like the Bengals, especially since it's not on Monday night football, even more reliable. Um, but yeah, I think he'll be able to just make the throws that he needs to, not up against a particularly challenging defense this week. So that's also helpful for his case. But I think the Minnesota Vikings can walk away with this one in maybe a little bit of a close fashion, but um, I still think I'm pretty confident with this Vikings pick. I'm also very confident with this Vikings pick as well, Jack, and it's because of a couple factors, and all those factors belong on this Vikings offense. Dalvin Cook, uh, Justin Jefferson, and Adam Thielen. What is not to like about that uh, offensive trio? Literally nothing. You can love it, and that is fine. They are so dang good. I would Like you said, it was pretty good, Jack. This is phenomenal. I would rank this as one of the best offensive trios in the league. Titans, probably rank them higher, but Vikings are right there next to that Tennessee Titans offensive trio as well with Julio, uh, A.J. Brown, and Derrick Henry. But this Vikings team, you you like that defense a little bit, Jack? I actually have other feelings on it. Uh, I do like the addition of Dallin Tomlinson. Um, the nose tackle on that defensive line, Daniel Hunter. He can't actually burden this defense at all. Patrick Peterson, cool addition, but that's really just a veteran. Peterson is not the same as he was a couple years ago when the Cardinals made it to the NFC Championship game in 2015. Harrison Smith, he got an extension. I actually like him a lot under his safety as well. But I just don't think they have that chemistry. I just don't think they have that togetherness that we would like to see and that chemistry that you'd like to see in a defense. So I, I think the Vikings get the win here. But I do think Burrow and the Bengals do put up a couple points. Really like T. Higgins. Think, think he has a good game as well. But Vikings pull it off. As much as I would love to see the Vikings get absolutely destroyed here, I have the Vikings winning this as this one as well. I agree with Jack here. I really like the Vikings defense. I love Daniel Hunter. He is an absolute threat. Michael Pierce, Dalvin Tomlinson, great, great additions. I think the interior pressure and the interior run defense will be much more improved than what we've seen last season. Um, Eric Kendricks is coming back for, um, off of an injury as well. He's a great um, middle-of-the-field player. They obviously have um, Harrison Smith as well, Patrick Peterson. Um, the one concern for me in this Vikings defense is um, the, the passing defense. Obviously, they did add Patrick Peterson, and they have Xavier Woods in, free safe, in the free safety as well. But I really still don't think that their pass defense is uh, standard for this league at all. They have Bashad Breeland as their um, second best cornerback, followed by Mackenzie Alexander and Chris Boyd. That is a, a very tragic cornerback room, in my opinion. And the, the Bengals can really thrive off of it because we know we're going to see Joe Burrow throw a, around 800 times um, a game. In, so I think they will be able to get... Um, their receivers active. I think you'll see T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd active. 
Jamar Chase, not so much. What he said about the football is kind of worries me um, in terms of their success. They obviously the uh, Bengals obviously don't have an offensive line, so I doubt we'll see much of the run game either. The Vikings on offense, I think they'll be able to put up points. They have Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, the receiver duo, and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen will continue to thrive. And they have Kenneth Nguangu. He is a third-string running back, and he's on the IR, but I just love his name. He'll contribute to the Viking success a lot. Um, Random but cool. And now moving on to my team. Only hoping for good news here, guys. Jack, do my Panthers get, get the job done in a very interesting game between Sam Darnold, the former Jet, versus his former team? Who gets it done? Yeah, this is also probably a pretty safe pick for me as well, and that's the Carolina Panthers. Um, I think people are really underrating them. I mean, I know Ian is just head over heels in love with this team, but I'm looking at uh, CBS preseason power rankings right now, and they've got the Panthers ranked at 28th. I mean, that is just insanely low. I expect this team to hover around 500 this year just because of that offense. Sam Darnold, I'm not super confident in, but Matt Rule, I think maybe could work some magic and get him to pass the ball with some accuracy, get that decision-making a little bit better as well, and get those instincts really honed in to put this uh, Carolina offense and position it to success. But Sam Darnold's not really the important X factor for this offense. That man is actually Christian McCaffrey. He's back after missing almost the entire year last year from injury, and he is going to be back and as good as ever, I think. I mean, he is just such an amazing player. I mean, when he left off, he had just... um, Put up over a thousand, both receive uh, over a thousand yards, both receiving and rushing. And I don't see any reason that he won't be able to do that uh, again. I mean, yeah, the the guy is just a spectacular athlete and player. Also, the Carolina defense, I think, will be able to stack up well against the Jets. The Jets offense, Zach Wilson's talented and all, but. I'm just not sold, really. The offensive line is a lot better than people get it, give it credit for, um, but the receiver core and the running game, I'm not sold on. So the lack of weapons for the Jets and the lack of cohesiveness, I think, with the coaching system is going to be detrimental for their chances of success in this game. So I'm going to go with the Panthers here. Pretty safe pick, although I could see the Jets making it a little bit close in the fourth quarter. Oh, shut up, Jack. But before I start my take, CBS can honestly go die in a hole. 28th? Are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. That's almost as bad as Madden ranking them the 31st best team in the league. That is second worst, only behind the stinking Jets. How are the Texans better? How are the Texans and the Lions better than the Panthers? Whatever. I'm going on my tangent. But it's true. But I'm looking at this team, and the matchup I'm looking for is Carolina's offense versus the New York Jets defense. One. Defense with Chin, Burns, J.C. Horn, Hassan Reddick, Dante Jackson. Very psyched out. Lots of potential there. But you got to look at the offense here. You look at the Jets defense. They have absolutely no one in the secondary. 
It's Marcus May and a bunch of rookies. And then you look at the linebacker group, it's C.J. Mosley and a bunch of rookies. There's nothing to really like there with this Jets defense. Like, you like Quinn Williams, cool, and Marcus May, but that's kind of it. And so I'm looking at Christian McCaffrey, D.J. Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall, the rookie at LSU, who I absolutely love, absolutely love. I'm looking at those four guys, and I'm looking at them and thinking to myself, they better hit the ground running. I need to see the first play of the game from the Panthers' offense as a handoff to Christian McCaffrey. Get the ball going on the ground. Get Christian McCaffrey going. Get Sam Darnold more comfortable into the game, and then we can relax, and we can be confident, and the Panthers can win this game. I have the Panthers, of course, win this game, and they better win. And I think they're actually going to win by a solid nine points. Yeah, I have the Panthers as well. The best nine and eighteen. Well, isn't that right, Ian? Um, the Jets. The Jets really just don't have much going for them. Um, I do really like their coaching hire of Robert Sala. He's an incredibly creative and incredibly talented um, coach. He, um, and I think he will bring a, a consistency that the Jets haven't seen. The problem is the talent on the Jets. Obviously, Zach Wilson, he's a young quarterback. Um, there are some uh, issues uh, in regards to his transition to the NFL, um, considering the uh, teams he played in college. Um, but I expect to sort of come to him over time. I do like the receiver, um, Elijah Moore, a lot. I think you'll see a lot of him as the season goes on. He's absolutely excellent from the slot and absolutely excellent from um, a special teams perspective as well. In terms of their defense, this is where the Panthers can see some success because the Jets really, they have some veterans, some consistent players. When you look at their cornerbacks, their starters are Bryce Hall and Eccles. This should be a great matchup for Robbie Anderson and for DJ Moore. I expect them to thrive, even though they still may have not developed a good chemistry with Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, he'll have an absolutely fantastic um, revenge game because he is playing the New York Jets. Um, And I just think the Panthers will be able to outperform them because they out-talent them as well. I love what Matt Rule has been doing. If he is able to continue... Um, trend of success that he- Baylor I think that the Panthers in the next few years are definitely a team to watch out and I th- I have them winning this game fairly easily thank you Ohm bless you guys' hearts love the Panther sweep hopefully it happens but into our next game again another fantastic matchup in my opinion we're going to Tennessee with the Titans versus the Cardinals Jack can your boy Kyler get the job done? Okay, I think my opinion might differ from you guys here. I think that Kyler Murray will win this game and the rest of the Cardinals, obviously. This is going to be one of the best offense-to-offense matchups that we will see this season. I mean, no question. The amount of points that these teams are able to score is just insane. I mean, obviously, Tennessee, excellent running game and excellent wide receiver core, and then Ryan Tannehill, a very capable quarterback. And then Arizona, on the other hand, has DeAndre Hopkins, and then also a solid running game. I think it will be better than it was last year. And then Kyler Murray, who I absolutely love. Um, I think with 
a little bit more time, he will really come into his own as one of the league's best. Um, definitely, I think he the uh, Cardinals will be able to score enough points to win, but the defenses, I think it's going to be kind of up to the um, who gets the ball uh, last, just because the defenses are so bad. Um, oh, I, okay. They're not, they're not super awful, but they're really subpar, honestly. And in this matchup, the defenses are pretty much going to be rendered useless against the explosive offenses of either team. So I think that Arizona definitely will come away with this one. Mark my words, but if I'm wrong, I'm definitely going to be eating it <laughs> from you guys, um, next week. Honestly, I think the Cardinals should be your second favorite team. Actually, Jack, make the Chargers your third. But <laughs> I have Tennessee. The absolute blasphemy and falseness that Jack has and his glorification of Kyler Murray is ridiculous. Kyler Murray is not an elite quarterback. He, he, he isn't. Is he a good quarterback? Yes, he definitely is. But he's not in that elite tier yet. Has he made a playoffs? No. And you can blame Cliff Kingsbury all you want, but it's not his fault. It's Kyler Murray's fault. And so here, Tennessee versus Arizona, Jack, I agree. This is going to be a great game. And I think uh, your shootout mentality, your shootout prediction is honestly pretty spot on. But you chose the wrong team. Tennessee has the best offensive trio in the NFL. Mark my words, that is the truth. Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, very capable quarterback like you mentioned. Last year he was in the MVP conversation at points. This is a great offense. Derrick Henry, smash mouth football. A.J. Brown, a tough wide receiver out of Ole Miss. Julio Jones, one of the greats that is in the game right now. He was just hurt last season for most of the year. I think he's back. He's in it. I think Tennessee Titans win here, and I think they're going to win by five points. Ah, oh, Jack, I'm going to have to agree with you. I, I don't want to choose the Cardinals, but... I'm just feeling them the more and more I look at it. I agree with both of you guys. It is going to be a shootout. Two uh, teams with a lot of offensive firepower. One thing that I'd like to know is DeAndre Hopkins. He absolutely loves his week one games. He is one of the best receivers of all time in the opening week, and I expect him to be able to continue. While Kyler Murray and his development... Um, is, in my opinion, the thing that the Cardinals need to really watch out for this season, along with um, if Kingsbury uh, and his sometimes questionable play calling. I think that the Cardinals are an overall good team. Um, we have DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore. While there is a clear fall-off after DeAndre in the receiving chart, I think that they still have enough of enough weapons to support Kyler Murray. In terms of their defense, J.J. Watt is obviously the most notable addition um, as he is pairing with Chandler Jones, the Jordan Phillips pick while he is on the injured reserve and won't be able to play. I feel like he will be able to have um, success for the Cardinals later in the year. I think that the Cardinals are really, uh, really trying to improve the defense. Whether they can or not is a question. A player I like to watch in this matchup is Marco Wilson, um, cornerback, who is a cornerback, and he is sadly infamously known 
throwing a shoe against LSU, but he is a very, very talented cornerback. And it will be interesting to see how he fares against a very talented um, Titans team. The question I have um, with the Titans is, first of all, the, the health concerns regarding the Titans receivers is a bit interesting, both in uh, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. Um, were considered questionable for two weeks on, um, up until this game, which obviously they will both play. Um, however, in terms of injuries, injuries paired with Julio Jones is never a sight you want to see, especially if you're a Titans fan. When it comes to the fourth quarter, you'll see a lot more passing, and that's where I think the Cardinals will um, sort of find their success. I think Kyler Murray will be able to play well. I don't think he'll be a MVP quarterback. I don't he'll be think anywhere anywhere near the expectations many have for him. But I still think he'll be able to play enough um, to beat out the Titans in, in the shootout. Also, before we move on, real quick, Ian, I think I downplayed the Cardinals' defensive um, improvements a little bit. And the improvements weren't necessarily through free agent signings or – um, draft picks or anything like that. Although I do really like Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons. I think Isaiah Simmons will be able to develop this year, but Chandler Jones is back. And I think that is really, really important for this pass rush on the um, Cardinals and could honestly be enough to put the Cardinals over the top here. Um, or at least one of the factors. Fair enough. I'm not going to disagree with you. I actually did like what the Cardinals, uh, did on their defense, and obviously I am a huge fan of Buda Baker, the safety and the electric playmaker he is on the defensive side, but we got to move on, and we got um, not really a great game, but it is a debut for Mr. Trevor Lawrence. How are the Jaguars fair against the Houston Texans? Jack, you're up. I think the Jaguars, despite the ineptitude that we saw from them in the preseason, I think they're actually going to come away with this one. This is going to be one of the ugliest games to watch in the year, I think. Um, I mean, just Tyrod Taylor and the Texans and a horrible defense with Jacksonville. I mean, I'm sorry. I like Miles Jack, but he's just not, not uh, the rock that you need to build your defense off of. Also, it's going to be really interesting to see how Urban Meyer coaches this team um, in this first game. Obviously, his first game of experience in the NFL, um, which could prove to be a little bit of an issue for the Jacksonville Jaguars, but I don't think it will. Um, I do think that the Jacksonville Jaguars will have enough talent, especially um, with wide receivers and their young running back core. James Robinson, I really like. And then, you know, Keelan Cole and uh, DJ Chark, LaVisca Schnault, all of those guys I really like. So um, I think they'll be able to piece together some form of offensive cohesiveness and be able to pull out a win in their first game together. I'm going to agree with you here, Jack. I also have the Jacksonville Jaguars, and that is just because of my pure hatred and disgust of this Houston uh, football. This, yeah, the Houston football team. It is disgusting. Tyrod Taylor is your starting quarterback. No, no hate to Tyrod Taylor, even though there is all hate. He's not a starting quarterback in this league. If you are the Houston Texans front office, if you are the GM, Nick Casario, go get yourself. Mr. Cam Newton. Cam Newton is definitely better 
than Tyrod Taylor. And honestly, I'd rather have the rookie Davis Mills starting over over Tyrod Taylor. Trevor Lawrence is going to have a field day here. The Texans don't have a good defense, and they got even worse because they lost Bradley Roby, their corner, um, in a trade to the Saints. So Jaguars here, easy win. Is it going to be a huge win? Probably not. And, and Jack, I love how you mentioned that this was going to be one of the ugliest football games of the year. I don't disagree. Jaguars win here. I'm going to keep it short. The Texans, they suck. They have really no talent. They're drafting. Um, is subpar to say the least. Um, they have really nothing to look forward to other than fully trading Deshaun Watson. Jaguars, they have Trevor Lawrence. Um, while er- the rumors I've heard regarding Urban Meyer um, have kept piling up, especially in regards to how the players view his coaching, I still think it's that in week one, they'll be able to beat the Texans, who will most likely, um, them and the Detroit Lions, will be in the running for that number one pick um, in 2022. It's going to be an ugly game. I have to agree with you, Jack. And it's not, it'll be interesting to see um, how the Jaguars offense of uh reacts and is able are able to flow it won't be a signal for the rest of the year considering they are playing the texans defense but i still think it'll be a interesting matchup uh, to watch as trevor lawrence uh first nfl defense okay now we are going to take it to the game of the week in my opinion and that is the kansas city chiefs versus the Cleveland Browns. Jack, can Baker and the Browns do it? Can they pull up that upset? I don't think they will. I mean, on paper, they look like an excellent team. But Andy Reid is an excellent September coach. He always has been and most likely will always be. Patrick Mahomes is 10-0 and in the month of September and has an excellent touchdown-to-interception ratio. I believe it's 32-2. to I mean, this Chiefs team off of the summer break, the the offseason is always coming out guns a blazing. And I think that's exactly what they do here. I think that this game will be close just because I really like uh, the coach, um, Kevin, uh, Kevin Stefanski on the Browns and his style, as well as obviously the on paper talent of the Browns, especially now up front on defense. I think that will be able to maybe put a stop to the chiefs um occasionally but i do think this will be largely an offensive game once again and the chiefs are going to come away with it fairly cleanly it may take until the fourth quarter to do so because the browns will be capable of hanging around but the chiefs are just that dominant early in the season and that dominant on paper that they'll be able to get it done well using other history jack the Browns have not won a season opener since 2004. That was when quarterback Jeff Garcia, whoever the heck that is, by the way, led them to a 20-3 win over the Baltimore Ravens. And the closest they've ever been since was a 21-21 tie against your Pittsburgh Steelers in 2018. This is easily the longest win in the streak in season openers of all time, by far. And for the Browns, that streak is going to unfortunately continue here as they face off versus Patrick Holmes, Andy Reid, and the rest of this dynamic Kansas City Chiefs offense. 
While that offensive line still has a lot of issues, including the fact that it'll be starting two uh, rookies and a first-year player on that offensive line in veteran Orlando Brown, who's going to have to match up with Miles Garrett, by the way. So while that does make me make it seem that the Browns should be chosen, I'm going to have to go with the Chiefs here. Patrick Mahomes is too dang good and is most likely going to win the MVP award once again this season. So I take the Chiefs here as well. I do love the Cleveland Browns, but I have to go with the Chiefs. Now, play later on in the season, uh, in the playoffs, I the my pick may change. But right now, the Chiefs really do have it. Like Ian said, the Browns are notoriously bad um, in terms of their season openers. And I, I do think it will continue here. Um, the Browns, their offense, they definitely will. Um, be able to perform, but I don't think it will be to the level that the Chiefs offense will play at, especially, especially considering um, their revamped O-line. We already know what Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Kelsey can do, um, and I expect them to be able to continue it. Now, the Browns, their defense, while it wasn't the greatest last year, I do think it will improve, especially as the season unfolds. Um, they have a lot of young players and a lot of very talented players. So it'll be interesting to see um, how the Browns' defense can mesh. Offensively, I do think the Browns will be able to put up points, especially with uh, Nick Chubb. Uh, we have Odell Beckham Jr. coming back as well. I just don't think it'll be enough to compete with the Kansas City Chiefs. No, it will not. And we go into another game, and this one should turn a couple of heads as we have two young quarterbacks starting one versus one another, including a rookie out of Alabama, Mac Jones versus Tua Tagovailoa of the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins versus Patriots. Jack, who's going to get it done? Now this game may be up for debate. Um, and I honestly don't think it will be. I think this is a pretty decisive victory for the new England Patriots. I'm going to throw some more history at you. Bill Belichick is excellent against young quarterbacks, particularly rookie quarterbacks. Two is technically not a rookie anymore, but Belichick still is lights out against those rookie quarterbacks. I don't know why it may just be experienced, but he is just absolutely insane. Um, and I really like this Patriots defense also um, as a more like tangible reason for them winning this game. Nothing against the Dolphins. I think they've got a solid team um, that's probably improved from last year, although two is still kind of unproven. But the Patriots defense has got some names back on it, including Dante Hightower. That's going to be very important. Um, and yeah, they're just a very capable team led by a very good defensive coach, obviously, in Bill Belichick. And then the offense, I think they're going to be very capable of putting up points. Mac Jones is going to be a very solid quarterback. I mean, his floor is going to be very high. So because of that, I think the Patriots are going to be able to stay in just about every game that they play this year. Um, and there's going to be a relative lack of volatility from this offense as a whole. The ceiling, I think he's got a bit of a higher ceiling than most people expect. Um, especially in this first game when he still is relatively unknown to the world of NFL defenses. Um, plus the addition of a couple weapons 
um, interests me, but I'm more interested in some of the young draft or drafted weapons like Jacoby Myers um, in the wide receiver room and Damian Harris and the running back room for the New England Patriots. I think they're going to be able to develop pretty well as well this year um, and really get to gel with Mac Jones as well. Um, okay, Jack, uh, I, I hear where you're coming from. Ah, Patriots defense, super cool. Well, you know which defense is actually better than them? Oh, my goodness, the Miami defense. And let me just get one thing straight here. The overhyping of this Patriots team because Mac Jones is quarterback is absolutely ridiculous. With Cam Newton as the starting quarterback, they were ra- being ranked as like the third, 30th best offense in the league, somewhere around there, really on the lower side um, in this league. With Mac Jones, how the heck are they jumping up to like a top 10 offense just because Mac Jones is there? Cool. Mac Jones definitely might improve this team because he can actually throw the ball. Cool. But the receivers is still an issue. Jacoby Myers, has he proven himself yet? No. Do I like him? Yes, but he's not proven. Nelson Aguilar, same thing. Too inconsistent. Haven't had a full season of proven quality. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, same thing. Not He's just not proven. Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry, I like the tight end room, but Hunter Henry, he's not going to be here today or this week. Uh, he's hurt currently. Stephon Gilmore on the defensive side, he's out to start for the first six weeks of the season on the PUP list. And then I'm looking at this Miami defense, specifically this secondary, Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, Jason McCourty, by the way, former Patriot, and Eric Rowe. A lot to like right there in that secondary. I think it's going to lock down on the corners or the wide receivers of New England. I think Mac Jones, he struggles versus this very good Miami defense, which caused Patrick Mahomes last season troubles, despite the fact that the Chiefs won. Miami was fantastic that game, specifically that defense. And I think the defense here scrambles up Bill Belichick and Mac Jones's mind. So give me the Dolphins here in what seems to apparently be an upset. I'm honestly kind of confused as to why the Patriots are the favorites here. I have the Dolphins winning this one. Well, I do think Bill Belichick um, obviously is an, who is an absolute mastermind. I do think he will have moments where he does confuse Tua and the rest of their offense. I think the Dolphins' talent just absolutely outweighs that of New England. And I, I think it will be evident in the game. Um, the Dolphins obviously have added Jalen Waddle. And I think while this battle of the Alabama quarterbacks is interesting, Tua Tagovailoa has more receivers, and that is evident. And I think it will be uh, proven and it will be shown in the game. Um, Obviously, the Dolphins' defense is absolutely nasty in the amount of turnovers they are able to force. And I think that will be an absolutely amazing matchup for them, as Ian mentioned, against a very young and inexperienced New England receiving core. Um, I do think the Patriots will play with a lot of consistency, while the Dolphins will most likely be have a lot of ups and downs throughout the game, I just think that the talent margin is too great to be denied, and I think that that Miami will be able to take this one home. Yeah, I mean, may, okay, maybe I didn't make myself clear enough, but I do think this is going to be a very low-scoring game because I, I, like you guys, I'm not entirely sold on the whole like top 10 offense thing with the Patriots. I think it's a lot better, but top 10 
No, and especially this early. I think they do need a little bit more time to gel. But I think the main reason, it's kind of unexplainable on paper, but Bill Belichick is just 20. He's 21 and uh, 21 and six against rookie QBs since the year 2000. And two of the quarterbacks that he did not beat in rookie years and their rookie years have gone on to win Super Bowls. So clearly he knows something about how to beat rookie quarterbacks and young quarterbacks in um, in general. So I think that just gives um Belichick and the Patriots, a distinct advantage that is really hard to put into words, but I hope I did my best for you guys. Well, before we go into the next game, because time, first off, two is not a rookie quarterback. Stop calling him that. He's young, but he's not a rookie. (laughs) Moving on to our next game. This one I was going back and forth on. I'm not going to lie. I think there's a couple interesting storylines here, and that is the Denver Broncos versus the New York Giants. Jack, I want to hear your opinions on this one. Yeah, this is not as interesting as some of the other matchups of the week, but I do think these teams have pretty high ceilings and pretty low floors just because of volatile quarterback play and just overall play on the offense. Each team has a very solid defense, though. Um, I like the Denver Broncos defense a little bit more than most. And then the New York Giants defense, on the other hand, is really, really proven, I think, after last year. And coaching, I think Joe Judge has done enough last year to really prove himself as you know worthy of an NFL coaching spot. And despite maybe what uh, how Daniel Jones weighs them down, in my opinion, I think Joe Judge should uh, keep his job through at least next year. Um, yeah, this this is the start of the the Daniel Jones proving himself campaign. I mean, if he doesn't get it done this year, I don't think he ever will. Um, but against Denver, I think the more complete team of the New York Giants will be able to take over and win. Um, like I said, Denver's got a pretty decent, um, defense and then also a solid offense with, uh, some good weapons like Cortland Sutton, KJ Hamler and Jerry Judy, um, who all may very well step into the limelight this season. But that said, I think New York has enough, um, talent defensively to really overpower the receivers on Denver and especially get to the quarterback, uh, Teddy Bridgewater with that elite pass rush. So I'm going to go with the Giants here. Okay. Jack, you're wrong again. I'm sorry, bro. This one's going to go to the Denver Broncos. And originally I did have the New York Giants win this game, but I thought to myself, it's not there yet. I'm looking at this Giants offense. Saquon, Daniel Jones, Kenny Galladay, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard. On paper, it looks pretty nice. I'm not going to lie. But Kenny Galladay himself said, we need more time to gel. Did he say they're going to be bad? No, he actually said that this is going to be an offense that gets better and progresses throughout the entirety of the year. You would hope and think, so good job, Kenny Gallaudet. But it's not there right now. Daniel Jones, you're exactly right, right, Jack. Make or break year for him. He needs it. He needs to prove himself to the Giants for an office, to the league. He needs to prove that he can be a starting quarterback. Because right now, he really isn't in my eyes. I'm looking at the Denver Broncos, however, and saying, hmm, they got a pretty nice team. You mentioned the defense. That defense is better than all right, Jack. Vaughn Miller coming back and being healthy. That's something you like to see. Bradley Chubb, 
pro bowler last year. Love what he has. Shelby Harris, solid nose tackle. Kareem Jackson, Kyle Fuller, Justin Simmons in the secondary. Absolutely fantastic. That's formidable right there in the secondary. Another great secondary like Miami. Especially that boy Justin Simmons at the free safety position. Super underrated, super talented. And for me, I love what Denver has here. I think they're going to be able to set enough pressure on defense to get to Daniel Jones and totally force some turnovers on him, both on the ground and through the air with interceptions and fumbles. So I like Denver here. And, Ohm, I'm wondering if you have the same feelings. I do have to agree. Although I do like the Giants, I think the Broncos really match up um, well against New York. Uh, The Broncos, they will be able to put up points. They're going against a stout Giants defense. As we always say, they are on this podcast, they are a very underrated um, defensive unit. But I still think with the plethora of weapons they have that they will be able to score no matter um, no matter the questions at their quarterback position. But now let's look at the Giants on their offensive side. This is the end of the Daniel Jones era. This guy throws too many turnovers. And okay, I, I won't necessarily blame every single one of them on him. The pocket collapses in like 0.2 seconds every time he hikes a ball. And for Daniel Jones, he definitely doesn't feel comfortable in that position. And he is not in a position to make uh, plays um, in when the pocket is crumbling down on him. Now, let's look at what the Giants did in the draft or in free agency to help that. Did they, did they add any star O-linemen? No, they went and drafted Kadarius Tony, and then decided to just basically neglect the O-line the entirety of the offseason. And when you look at the Broncos and who they have on defense, um, obviously Ian's mentioned uh, a, a ton of the defensive uh, stars on Denver. I love Patrick Sertain as well, their draft pick. We saw what he was able to do in the preseason. He had an absolutely outstanding preseason. I think he's going to have a great season overall. This Broncos defense is a a very menacing, and it's very menacing um, for Daniel Jones. And while he has all the weapons, uh, he won't have enough time to throw to any of them. That's why I think the Broncos will be able to win this one. Okay, thank you, Ohm. At least we agree on that one. So, turning over to the next game, I'm assuming we have a clean sweep here. It is the Green Bay Packers versus Ohm's hated-upon New Orleans Saints. So, Jack, do the Packers win this one? Yeah, I think the Packers definitely win this one. Um, I think definitely an advantage, a major advantage of this game um, for the Green Bay Packers is now that it's played on a neutral site instead of the Superdome. The Superdome obviously is a really big advantage for the Saints, but due to Hurricane Ida, it is being played in Jacksonville, and I think that that neutral playing field is going to be huge for the Packers um, maybe to get you know, that way they'll be able to hear the audibles a little bit more and be able to communicate a little bit more clearly. There won't be as much pressure packed in the palace. Um, but yeah, Green Bay, they've got a solid offense. They've got a solid defense. They're an excellent team. They've got Aaron Rodgers. So it goes without saying that they have more talent than the New Orleans Saints. Although I do think the Saints are capable of making this close. I really like the young receiver Marquez Callaway. 
And I think he and um, Jameis Winston may be able to develop some really interesting chemistry throughout the year. Um, and that might be on display a little bit this weekend, but I don't think it's going to be enough against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Well, Jack, you take the words right out of my mouth in regards to Marquez Callaway. Absolutely love what he brings to the table. And we've already seen uh, potential and flashes of the connection between him and Jameis Winston. However, the Packers get this one easy. I don't think there's no debate here. Aaron Rodgers is going to absolutely blow up the secondary of the Saints, which is bad. Uh, the only bright spot there is probably Marcus Williams, who's playing on the franchise tag. So he's most likely going to be gone next year due to the fact that the Saints have very poor cap space issues right now. I like the package here. Aaron Rodgers, he's going to throw his uh, normal three touchdowns. Expect over 350 passing yards as well. Packers get the job done. Um, I'm assuming it's the same thing, but run it up. I said in the past, the Saints within the next few years, they will be a bottom of the bucket NFL team. And while everyone is overhyping Jameis Winston and all of the highlight reels of him training that you see on Instagram, it won't be enough to beat the Packers. Ian, you mentioned it. This is Aaron Rodgers, Dante Adams versus one of the worst second in the league. Imagine Devontae Adams against Paul. It's it's not a fair matchup. And honestly, I think the Packers with not just Devontae Adams, but you'll see MVS, Al Lazar, Robert Tunyon, Randall Cobb, all of these receivers be open consistently over the game. The one uh, over the course of the game. The one thing that the Saints have for them is Alvin Kamara. He had a lot of success in the passing game against Green Bay when they played last season. Um and I expect them to have a great However, the Packers as a defensive unit have improved. Um, firing Mike Pettin was an uh, what the was the major step towards it. Um, I think Joe Barry, while his resume uh, uh, is definitely uh, not the greatest in terms of defensive coordinating, he is still uh, being raved about by all of the players on a, a talented Packers defense that really hasn't been able to put it together. Um, I think that the rest of the game is pretty much free for them. I think while Mark always good, like you guys mentioned, um, if Jair Alexander is shadowing him, I don't expect Callaway to see um, a lot of receptions whatsoever. So I think the Packers have this one easily. Okay, another clean sweep there. And we have another this and moving on now to the night games, the nightcap of Sunday, which brings us to Andy Dalton and the Chicago Bears between a still very formidable defense in the LA Rams. Jack, is Aaron Donald destroy Andy Dalton? Yeah, I don't think this matchup is gonna be particularly close. Um, the LA Rams defense, I believe will take a bit of a step back this year from last year, just because of some, um, valuable players exiting. And that's really only due to LA's cap problem, but the offense is definitely improved. I like Matthew Stafford. I don't think he's per se a franchise savior of the Rams and not really enough to put them over the top to the Super Bowl. but that's not what we're debating right now. We're debating if they can beat the Chicago bears. And they totally can. I mean, I don't think it's up for debate. They've got an excellent O-line, excellent wide receiver core, solid running backs despite the injury. 
um, to Cam Akers. Sony Michelle, I think, will plug in very nicely to that kind of running back 1A or 1B role um, with Daryl Henderson. So that's going to be really interesting to see that against the Bears rushing defense. So not a particularly close game and not super interesting compared to others that we've got on our slate. Yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing here with you, Jack, as well. I got the Rams beating the Bears. You mentioned how their defense is taking a little bit of drop. I will buy that a little bit. I think the loss of John Johnson the third and Troy Hill is pretty significant. But I do expect a leap in play from um another corner on that team, Darius Williams. Only even put him in his top 100, if we can recall that. But Andy Dalton, is he going to be even able to move the ball up the field? And if they hand the ball off to David Montgomery or Damian Williams, the running backs, the ball is not moving anywhere either because of how good this Rams front is against the run. So Rams win this one pretty easily. Um, and I think Matthew Stafford has a good Rams debut. I think the Rams uh, have this one easily over the Bears, especially when you look at the matchups. Um, one of the most clear um, uh, margins here is uh, when you look at the line of scrimmage. Um, Aaron Donald versus uh, absolutely horrendous Bears uh, line. It, it, it will be a massacre. We'll see Andy Dalton under pressure a lot. Then when you look at um, the weapon side of it, uh, you won't see David Montgomery having much success. Allen Robinson, uh, whenever he's played the Rams, we've seen that Jalen Ramsey has done an absolutely outstanding job of covering him. Darnell Mooney is their only hope. It's kind of funny to say, but Jalen Ramsey, like he did um, last season, then maybe you'll see some offensive success from the Bears. But overall, you won't really see the Bears moving up the field that often. The Rams on offense, they have Matthew Stafford. They're hoping to see a revitalization of the offense with the quarterback. And I expect the offense to be fairly consistent over I think you'll see Tyler Higg be incorporated a lot, as Matthew Stafford does like to incorporate tight ends uh, into his game more than many quarterbacks. And I think overall, he'll have a success, like Ian said. And I think the Rams will have a fairly easy time um, playing in this uh, against the Bears. And now moving on to our last game, after back-to-back sweeping predictions, I'm expecting a third, to be honest. We have the Monday night football game between the Baltimore Ravens, who have really suffered some major setbacks recently in the past couple weeks, versus the Las Vegas Raiders, led by Derek Carr. So, Jack, do the Ravens get it done? Yeah, so I, the Ravens running back situation just continues to baffle me. I mean, they've lost three guys, J.K. Dobbins, then Gus Edwards, unfortunately, yesterday which threw a wrench in my fantasy football plans. So that happened. And then Justice Hill is also not looking good health-wise either. But that said, the Ravens are just so much better than the Raiders um, talent-wise on both sides of the ball. I think people really underrate this Ravens defense just because of all the flash and, expect, um, you know, explosiveness of this offense on the rate the Ravens with Lamar Jackson. But I think that the uh, Ravens defense is very formidable. I mean, they've got some great corners, Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey, and then some excellent guys um, in their front seven as well. 
which I think will definitely be over to Omer, uh, will be able to overwhelm the Raiders' terrible offensive line. We talked about how bad the Steelers' offensive line is, and we talked about how bad the Bengals' offensive line is. Throw the Raiders' O-line in that conversation because they are bad. And if you have listened to this podcast over the past year or so, um, you will know that I really value good offensive lines um, on teams. And with the Raiders' offensive line situation, I, their running game's just not going to be very good this year, in my opinion, despite me liking Josh Jacobs. And Derek Carr's not going to have really enough time to throw um, some deep balls and really put some points on the board in a quick manner. So that's really going to hurt them overall, and it's going to show in this game. I can't see the Ravens throwing this one. So the Ravens are going to probably win pretty big and score a ton of points doing so. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stay here with the Ravens. Uh, I I think for Lamar Jackson, he's really gonna have to go Thanos mode here. He's just gonna become the solo star on this offense because you look at the injuries. Sammy Watkins is hurt. Uh, J- 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 excuse me, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, uh, Rashad Bateman was hurt. I don't know if he's gonna be playing. There's just so many setbacks with this Ravens offense so far. Luckily, they have an intact offense line, and Lamar Jackson is somehow still healthy. But this defense still, for Baltimore is still very capable. Uh, I think Marcus Peters uh, tearing his ACL will definitely hurt this team, I think. But I think Marlon Humphrey is still a good enough. I think he is one of the best corners in the game, especially at being able to force fumbles through punches. But I like this Ravens team uh, well enough to beat the Ravens. I think those injuries do hurt them for like making a deeper playoff run, but I still think the Ravens are a playoff caliber team, and I still think they do beat the very horrendous offensive line that the Raiders have, and Baltimore gets the job done. Yeah, I have to agree with you, Ian. I think you meant to say um, the Ravens beat the Raiders. I th- You said the Ravens beat the Ravens, um, but the Ravens, they were hit with a ton of injuries. But the Raiders, they were hit with John Gruden. I don't see the Raiders having much success whatsoever throughout the entirety of the season uh, because of both both a mixture of their coaching and the overall consistency. The Raiders play with no consistency. As Jack mentioned, their offensive line um, is, is the least. And they haven't been able to find any playmaking star on the defense that's been able to hone in and provide when necessary. Um, I, while I do think you'll see um, a little bit of Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller, it won't be enough, especially when you're looking at the success that the Ravens offense and defense have been able to have. Yes, while their running game has been hit with massive bombshells of injuries, they still have Lamar Jackson under center and I still think that he is an absolutely outstanding quarterback and he'll be able to perform against a very very bad Raiders defense I expect the Ravens to win this one fairly easily well thank you guys so much for joining the show Jack Ohm thank you so much for getting on today so lovely to have you guys back on the podcast with myself we're gonna keep doing these every Friday or at least try to do them every Friday and we are so psyched for the, the week one to really get into full-fledged this Sunday. Bunch of t- fantastic games. Really, really go looking out for a couple of them. 
And once again, thank you guys for listening to the episode. Thank you guys for joining. And you guys have yourselves a great rest of your day.